This is Basket Case Clubs, CPR Group's podcast where we turn basket case clubs into showcase clubs. G'day everyone and welcome back to Basket Case Clubs. My name is Michael Connolly and I shall be your host for this episode. And joining me as usual is my brother and partner in AGME goodness, Steve Connolly. G'day, Steve. Hello, hello. I'm very well. Hello, everyone. Uh, God, I love AGMs. Most people hate them. <laughs> Do I remember when Ethan, my youngest, walked in into the office one day and said, Say, so, Daddy, what are you preparing for? I said, well, I've got this AGM coming up because I've got some trouble going on in this club. And and he said, what, what's an AGM? And I said, it's, a, it's an annual general meeting. It's a meeting that they have once a year to get the financial stuff and point, their, point or elect their new committee, do some ceremonial stuff. He said, well, Dad, because you could obviously tell that I was a bit flustered getting ready for this. AGM where there was going to be a shit fight. We all just knew it. And it, it look, it ended up being okay. And sometimes it's just because we're there that the, the people go, oh, they do know what they're talking about. So they try not to pull the wool over everyone's <laughs> eyes. But he could see that there was a bit of tension in the air around the preparation for this meeting. He, he tapped me politely on the shoulder and he said, well, daddy, you know, the good thing about an AGM is it only comes around once a year. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like everyone's scared of these bloody things for some reason. And then I said, Ethan, thank you. I really appreciate that. But I go to more than one a year. (laughs) Don't come around once a year for us. No, that's typically when the shit's going to hit the fan for some reason. So what we want to talk about is not really the running of the AGM. We can get into that because there's a great deal of detail that, that you should know about the AGM and how you do it. This All we really want to talk about now is when you hold your AGM. And that, Steve, as we've been discussing, is because now is kind of a good time of year to have this discussion, isn't it? It is, yeah. Obviously, we're coming to the end of one of our two typical sporting seasons, being the end of the summer sporting season where clubs are ramping up their discussions around AGMs or hurriedly trying to get yeah. <laughs> together at the last minute because they haven't been thinking about them in advance. Yep. And often we see that, that it's a, a real rush in the lead up to the meeting. So yes, like you say, we'll come back to that and we'll, you know, uh, address in detail how to make sure you're AGM ready. Um, and it's certainly- Gee, that sounds like it's going to be a fascinating episode. <laughs> how to get ready for your AGM and make sure that it's good. I promise you, we won't- We'll make it fun. You. We'll make it fun. <laughs> Actually, no, we'll make it easy for you. We'll make it, you'll be able to get through it without the shit fight. <laughs> so, okay. So as far as the timing of your AGM goes, in your mind, without going and trawling through data, what do you think is the biggest barrier- to people being able to hold their AGM well or on time or that mad rush at the end? What do you think is the biggest thing that causes that? I think, well, being busy doing the operational stuff is the first thing that comes to mind. But, you know, all the sporting related on field stuff. But I think the big thing that holds a lot of clubs back from thinking strategically about this is that old adage of, ah, this is the way it's always been done. You know, we always have our meeting at this time, uh, on this date, on presentation day, um, and it, it's something that's thrown into the mix when clubs are focusing on uh, other things that, I don't know, might be a little bit more exciting and sexy than the AGM. Like trophies. Like trophies, yeah. It, it, exactly. Floss. That's right. Yeah, Flushing yeah. machines. Are we going to have the chair ride this year or not? <laughs> you know those chairs really felt like they were going to fly off the chain. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we should get those guys back. Uh, so, uh, okay. So here's one other to add to the list. Then you know that mad scramble that happens. 
you know how you've got to give a certain amount of time of notice to your members before you hold the AGM. So in some states it's two weeks, in some states it's three weeks. Some you can pick that yourself. So some have funny numbers of days, like twenty-five days for some reason before the AGM. You've got to give notice to members. Is that mm. twenty-five days or twenty-five business days? Anyway. The mad scramble that happens at the end is all of a sudden when people get to the AGM and they go, did you get the audit report? Did who, Who's been talking to the audit? And then they realize that they don't have their, financial, their financials back. So legally, and a lot of people might not know this, legally, you've got to have your AGM within a certain amount of time of the end of your financial year. So as far as all of our state all of our state and territory departments that look after associations and corporation legislation across the country are concerned, they don't give two hoots when your season finishes. They just want to know uh, when did your financial year end because it's within that time frame that you've got to have your AGM. Mm. So to reverse engineer that then, if for your group, for your club, for your society, for your association, there is a sweet spot for having your AGM, then you've got to make sure that that is achievable. So by sweet spot, I mean, it might be, as you said, we're coming up to the end of the season now. So the sweet spot for just to pluck a popular summer sport in Australia, cricket, to have a cricket AGM at a time when people, the, we've wrapped up the season, obviously, so we know what's going on. And if there are, is any ceremony that we want to add to the AGM, we can do that because we've got it. But also within a time that, people haven't gone yet and by gone i mean they've chuffed off to their code of football or or netball or whatever else they're going to be doing checked out of that sport and they've yeah. checked out of cricket yeah because then like you, you come back to them in july you know when they're now starting to get deep into the football season or the netball season and you say oh we're calling our, gen- our agm they go, i don't care about cricket like that's months yeah. i'm freezing cold on the size of the side of the football field i do not care about wearing my cricket gear in summer at the moment. And and so you then struggle to get quorum. Mm. So a lot of cricket clubs and associations then are kind of through April and maybe into the first weekend of May, because they realize that Easter's what mid mid April this year. And so it's straight after Easter, typically that all the junior codes, junior winter sporting codes are going to begin. So you kind of miss the boat a little bit there. Mm. So, Technically then, or I'm going to say- Or even sooner. Well, we're seeing that overlap get, you know, more and more significant between winter and summer sports. So people are already well and truly thinking winter sport. We've got, you know, the football codes ramping up and and people therefore have their focus split. Because let's face it, typically the volunteers in cricket are probably (laughs) going to be involved in their kids' football club as volunteers as well. So then yep. they're having to... When they put the stopwatch down from standing in the end of the pool for the swimming club as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah. so these are people who are prone to taking on more than their fair share and therefore uh, that issue of being able to give the, the timing and preparation for the AGM enough attention is, is even further impacted. Yeah, so just pure availability. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. So I want you to think about something... And Steve, you can follow along with this exercise. And, and it's purely just about the, the preparation. So let me walk you through a very typical scenario. And I know, you know, being quite good friends with some of the people who listen to this podcast, I know that they're going to say, <laughs> shit, he knows exactly what we've been doing. Okay, so 
We call the AGM because it's the time that we've always called it. We're getting ready for the AGM because it's, as you say, it's the time that we've always had it. This is what we've always done. And so we, we just, without questioning, we just said, all right, well, that's the date of the AGM. It may even have been arbitrarily set by the outgoing committee at the last AGM or two AGMs ago. Mm. So we're getting ready for that meeting. A week or so out, we think everything's going really well. We've we've made sure that we've issued our notice of meeting 14, 21, 25 days, whatever it is, ahead of the meeting. We've done that on various communication channels. We've even got some members who say, I'm not on Facebook. So I say, can you send me an email? And then others say, please, whatever you do, don't send me an email. My inbox is full enough as it is. Oh, by the way, I don't use Facebook. So have you got a stamp that you can post it to me? So you've done whatever you thought was necessary. You've let everyone know you've been really transparent about this AGM that's coming up. You've got some people who are standing down. Maybe they're long-serving members who've been there for a long time. Maybe there's some volunteers who are getting burnt out and they're ready to go. So they're ready to step back. And so you've got some new people. You've done succession and you've got new people lined up to take on positions. You've been doing a, a, a handover transition through what is coming up to be a, a handover. Whether you've received nominations for election from those people or not, doesn't really matter because you know that they're going to be at the floor of the AGM and they're going to put their hands up to take on a job. So you're really excited about that. Seven days out, you're looking back over everything and saying, yep, tick, 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 tick. Three days out, you talk to the treasurer and say, so I'm just putting the agenda together and I want to, in sending the agenda out to everyone a day or two or three before the AGM, I'd like to actually attach a copy of the audit report and the financials. Have you got those that you can send me? The, the what? Goes, I knew I was supposed to do something and the wheels completely fall off. <laughs> then Club, your clubs just push on. And have the meeting anyway. Say, oh, up. look, you know, here's here's a yeah. summary of our financial position. And again, not realising that that doesn't comply. Hang on, doesn't comply also means illegal, Steve? Yeah, let's go yeah. there. Not in line with the legislation. <laughs> legislation very good reason. That... Anything against the law is illegal. <laughs> <sighs> doesn't mean a sick bird. Right. So how do... Oh, so, my God. <laughs> Thank you. I just thought I'd just slip that dad joke in there for you. I got my obligatory eye roll and moan. Thank you very much. You know, some of my dad jokes are so shit now, Steve, that people don't even roll their eyes. <laughs> it's a sad day. It's yes. a sad day when your family becomes immune <laughs> to your crappy jokes. No, no, no. That's when I go looking for new friends. <laughs> it's like a new family then. <laughs> new family. And now they warn people. They say, just, okay, when I start, they say, he's got dad, he's got dad joke face on. You just be ready. Yeah. And it yeah. ruins it. I still get my eye roll and my groan. Anyway, so what the, the best way to deal with this then is to reverse engineer the date that you should have your AGM. So globally speaking, there's kind of, do we have our AGM? Because hitting that sweet spot for you, is that sweet spot the right amount of time after the end of the season? So after finals and, and maybe around trophy day or presentation day or, or at the same time, based on what's right, not just what's always been done. If you have it at that time of year, what you'll find is that you'll be putting new people into positions through the off-season. Now, is that for your organisation the most appropriate? Recognising that through the off-season, there's some pretty technical stuff that needs to be done. Everything from doing our annual return to report on the outcome of our AGM and our financials for the year to our state or territory department, through to ordering and all of our pre-season preparation, getting, making sure that we've got volunteers to or paid people to mark the fields, making sure that we've ordered enough toilet paper should it be, be post-COVID available, making sure that our lease conditions are, reading the lease, making sure that we're making contact with the right people at, from council or whoever it is that we lease our fields or our courts or our pool or our track from. Is that the right thing for you, recognising that those things are coming up? 
for most groups in my experience, Steve, you're welcome to argue with me. And again, this is without data. This is just a how does it feel analysis. Mm-hmm. Most groups think that that's the sweet spot for them, particularly if they've got a good system in place where not everyone is is changing at the, so not the entire committee is or board is changing at the AGM anyway. So you've got some retained corporate knowledge each yep. year. The flip side of that is that we could instead have the AGM at the beginning of the year or the beginning of the season. So you could leave the incumbents in place through the off season and then have a transition once things are underway. So once we've got the train moving for the next season and we are starting, starting to settle into a bit of a bit of a, a gate, a comfortable gate with the season. And that's when we can have the transition then. What I see as one of the determining factors amongst in the thinking of committees when they do have a strategic discussion around when they're going to have their AGM from year to year is that if you have your AGM at the end of one season so that you've got people you know, getting their feet under the desk and learning from the people who have stuck around through the off season, you might be in a situation where you'd you have members who don't know if they're going to be back next year. So the kids might be unsure whether they are going to be playing that sport yeah. with that club in the next year. So there can be a degree of reticence in my experience amongst the, the potential committee volunteers to say, well, look, I don't know if we're going to be here next year. So I'd hate to take the position on only to and then, then have, have to resign out next year. Cause my kid goes to another sport, another club, nothing, whatever. So, so that, that I, I would say that probably the majority of clubs with which I deal have their have their agm at the end of one season rather than at the start of the next and uh, on, on balance as long as you can most people do know if you know yep. mostly the people who take the committee positions on are the people who are you know diehard club members that know that they're going to be there next year so typically that's that's less of a, a concern in in most clubs but it is certainly a consideration. And then you've got the ability, as you were saying, you know, for those people to learn the ropes and to be able to hit the ground running the following season rather than scrambling to try and get into their positions as the season's starting. Yeah. So the important takeaway there, though, is do it based on what's right. And yes. it's okay to think about if it's not working and if you're struggling every single year, why not yep. take this as an opportunity to say, hmm, maybe we should have a closer look at this. Yes. Because there is a solution. Yeah. So I'm going to now, I think I've used the phrase reverse engineer this about 14 times already this episode. (laughs) So I'll now actually finish my thought there. Instead of say, let's, let's have our AGM. Let's just have our AGM when we've been having it. Let's say, when is the best time to have our AGM? And then we look at the legalities of when we must have it under our particular legislation. Yes. So remember that associations and corporation legislation is particular to each state and territory in Australia. And we've also then got the corporations legislation, the Corporations Act that sits over and above that for the larger organisations or the more sophisticated ones or the ones that are trading interstate and have set themselves up as a not-for-profit company limited by guarantee. Mm. So in here you go, one, two, three, four, five of these models. So that's the Corporations Act plus South Australia, Victoria, ACT and Northern Territory. Legally, your AGM must be held within five months of the end of your financial year. Queensland, New South Wales and Western Australia are all six months and Tasmania is really the only outlier still at three months. So you've got 
time after the end of your financial year. Now, the reason that you've got that time is because it takes time for auditors to get your financials back. So mm. whether they need to be audited, whether they need to be verified internally or externally, that's going to take some time. A lot of community organizations, particularly smaller ones, get either pro bono or very cheap auditing rates. Now, for those of you who are paying $600 a year for an audit and complaining about that, just think about it for a minute. <laughs> think about the fees and the compliance that an auditor needs, needs to pay. Because in, in any industry, but certainly the financial industry is has been rife for this, it shonks enter the, enter the, enter the industry. And so mm. whenever shonks enter an industry, government regulation goes up. Because government regulation has gone up, it means that the people who stay trading there, all of the good people who weren't the shonks to begin with, get tarred with the same brush. So they've got to do additional pe- professional development every year, and they've got to pay registration fees and qualifications right across the board. So it's expensive to be and remain an auditor. So for somebody to do it for you for a carton of beer, or a bottle of wine, or a, a a glass of scotch over a footy game at the pub or whatever it is, that's a real favour. So when it then takes them a month before they look at it, cut them some slack. Like if you're paying full rate, if you're paying a few thousand dollars every year for your audit, which is kind of a commercial rate, then obviously you can hold them to account for the time frame of delivery. But you can't expect magic. If your financial year ends at the same time as most businesses in Australia, which is the end of June, and you're trying to get an audit rushed out by the end of July so you can have your AGM on the 1st of August, uh, good luck with that, Even no matter mm. that you're paying, because that's going to be the busy time. So the best way to do it is to say, if our sweet spot is, let's say for a a winter sporting code, it's the middle of October, because that's the time when there's still a bit of excitement. Yeah, but at at the latest, there's still a bit of excitement about the season. We're still happy to talk about it. And everyone hasn't completely drifted off into their summer activities yet. If that's the case, then what's a reasonable amount of time that you think it's going to take to get your books back? then add maybe four weeks on top of that. So if you're going to need maybe three months, and and this is entirely up to you and the sophistication of your accounting system, if you're then going to need three months from there, then instead of just arbitrarily, or as it's always been, say our financial year ends on the 30th of September because that way we get a whole season in a financial year, Mm -hmm. um, does that that matter as much now, given that all of our accounting is electronic and you can run a report for any period? And then you're madly scrambling to the 30th of September and you want to have your AGM in two weeks after that, it's not going to be possible. And that's a Mm. physical limitation based on the availability of your auditor and your treasurer or finance officer to be able to do the financial reporting that's required. The change to make then is a very simple change in your constitution to your financial year end date. If that's the case and you've got time, so for everyone except Tasmania, for everyone except Tasmania, you've got five months at least from that date. Mm. So let's say you then move your financial year end date to the 30th of June. You've then got at the very least until the end of, apart from Tasmanians, until the end of November to safely have your AGM. So you can, so the season will still be going admittedly, but you can wrap up the accounts, get them off to the auditor and get them back sometime in September so that you can very comfortably call your AGM for the middle of October because that's your sweet spot. But that, is the reverse engineered change to make. It's not an arbitrary change to when we have our AGM. It's a change to make it possible and easy and comfortable to have our AGM at the time that we want. Yep. And I just want to quickly highlight that comment that you made just in passing there about this desire that we often hear amongst clubs to capture our entire season in our financial year. So in some instances, your governing body 
is going to dictate to you when your financial year needs to end. And, and we know of at least one sport here in Queensland where the governing, the state governing body says you've got to have your financial year end, you know, on the 30th of September. So then you're hamstrung and you've got to you've got to obey your your governing body because you know they can disaffiliate you if you don't do the right thing. Now what we often have to explain to volunteers though is that sure you're going to have either a short or a long financial year to try and you know to go from whatever it is now to whatever you change it to if you're going to make a change to your financial year end date in the interests of scheduling your AGM based on when suits you best but after that you're going to have an apples for apples comparison in each year within your financial year dates but as you said the vast majority of organizations now are taking up you know, online hosted accounting software subscriptions, which means that they're not doing everything manually, either in, you know, handwriting or in an Excel spreadsheet, but they have all of their finances in a system in which they can simply change the reporting dates and say, okay, everyone at the AGM, we, we need to present these audited financial statements to you for the purpose of reporting to our regulatory body, not our governing body, but our regulatory government body. And that is based on a financial year, let's say, to follow on with your example, the 1st of July last year to the 30th of June this year. So let's get that done. Excellent. Any questions, let's deal with those and then move on. Out of interest, here's what we've turned over and you know spent in the last, let's say, from the 1st of January until the 30th of September. So that here's a season comparison. Oh, you're interested in knowing how that compares with last season? Here's another report that compares that with last season and the season before. So you can do all of that reporting in, in the interests of keeping your members informed and, and up to date as to the club's financial situation. But that can be separate from the statutory reporting, which is a requirement of your incorporation. Yeah. And it's that legal requirement that is unfortunately so often missed. And whether it's yep. the legal requirement to have our AGM within that finishing distance that I said, or that it's because well, this is the difference between what we've always done. And so we've always then said, oh, well, let's have our AGM anyway and don't have the audit back. And we just fluff our way through the AGM outside of the legislation that says mm. if we need an audit, we must present that to our yes. members for receipt and adoption at the AGM. So that's one of those must-do things. So you can't not do it. So very, very simply, the takeaway today is if you are struggling to have your AGM, Fix what you can. Don't just struggle through and, and do the same thing every year. And that's the most logical way to change your AGM to a date that works while at the same time complying with the relevant piece of legislation. Yeah. One of the other things that I just wanted to quickly add in that is often a question asked of me, and you probably get it too, is do we need to set the date of next year's AGM at the end of this AGM? And the answer is typically no. Firstly, it depends on your constitution and it might be a requirement. But as long as you are meeting the regulatory obligation, then you can have your AGM whenever you know fits within that time frame. So, and, and often it's problematic to set the date for yeah. a meeting a whole year out now because you don't know what the circumstances are. Going to, are you going to have your audited report complete by that date? I well, that, and that's why having the finance setting the financial year end date can make that possible. So yep. while you don't have to set the absolute date, you can say our AGM next year, we expect again to be in the middle of October. But the more that you get the, the financial year end date set right, the more confidence you can have in saying it's going to be then because we know that we're going to have the financials back because we've got five or six months, three at the minimum if we're in Tassie. 
Yeah, it also creates consistency in the term in office for your committee members. Yeah, as well. Yep. yep. So that's a very interesting little topic that we that we've been asked about a little bit, and it happens mm. typically twice a year in AGM season, summer, and AGM season winter. Which, as yes, as Ethan now knows, is actually something that Steve and I both kind of look forward to being, <laughs> being the governance nerds that we are. <laughs> So if you're not already following us on Facebook and on other social channels, make sure you do. Make sure that you sign up for our newsletter so you can get lots of tips and tricks and little bits of help for things exactly like this every now and again. Uh, Make sure that also if you have a question or an idea for a Basket Case Club's topic in the future, send that through to us. You can get us at our website, cprgroup.com.au. Or of course, you can send an email to just add info at at the start of that. And of course, we don't mind receiving phone calls every now and again. Well, every now and again. No, we love talking to people because it's that like we say we don't work with clubs we work with you the volunteers in clubs who are the people who make clubs great especially if you're the ones who've been able to turn a basket case into a showcase steve as usual thanks very much for joining me for this episode and i look forward to talking to you again next time thanks mick see you later ciao